computer audio. Thanks, Cameron. Yeah, mouth. The same mouth that's been on my penis. <laughs> better. That's better. My hair is funny. I need you to cut my hair. What did Marcus say? What? Okay. He's excited for our. Okay. Are you one? Hair okay? Yeah, hair looks good. Thunderbro. Good. So just wait. So who who is coming there? This is our Thundercuts winner, Chris Bailey. Let me show you this picture. He looks fucking awesome. I'm sure you showed me this picture like in Milan. Yeah, he's the one. He said you told me that guy should. He changed the picture. Yeah, exactly. So he's coming on. Oh, would you say hi to him? Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Can you? When he calls in, when he calls in, would you just hide behind me and then just pop up? Well, I don't know when he's gonna come I, in. So he's coming in exactly at um at like uh five. <laughs> With special guests. <laughs> Wait, can you go down go down below me? With Al, with Al. Go down below me with Al. Welcome to the show with special guests. Come here. You gotta be quicker. Do it again. Welcome to the Thundercuts Thunder Show with special guests. <laughs> so creepy. Oh, wait. Do it again. Welcome to the Thunderbro Thunder Show with special guests. Cammy. Hi. <laughs> Cammy, do you have two thumbs? Yeah, they go like this. <laughs> <laughs> I have two thumbs and they go like this. <laughs> oh, man. No, it's always in a good mood. Is it because you make cookies? And I ate four of them, yeah. and that's a lot of Hold sugar. <laughs> I know exactly what I'm going to do. All right, ready, Cammy? Yeah. You ready for a dance contest? Three, two, one, go. What are we doing? You're doing your dance contest. Oh. Get it, get it, get it. Mm, so professional. Oh, someone wants to be a part of it. Someone wants to be a part of it. Ooh, where'd she go? There she, where'd she, there she's right there. Oh, I'm a looking and I'm a liking. You have all of that recorded. You're welcome. Top notch content right there. <laughs> Waiting on Chris Bailey, our Thundercuts winner. My name's Dave, and I have a cut-off t-shirt. I am here by myself, uh, talking to myself. Let's see, called Jason. I'm so bored right now. I just, I just want to get this stuff done so I can do some programming and eat cookies. Hmm. And I'm here uh, with you guys. This is so nobody's in the chat right now. I'm the only one. The cursor's in my nose. Okay, manage participants too. There's. I'm going to admit Chris. Admit it. Hey Chris, you there? Let me make sure. Yeah, that's me. There's Chris. Hey, what's up, dude? Let's see. So there's actually in the bottom toolbar, I believe on the left side, you can 
um, you can unmute yourself. There should be something like says like join with audio or something like that right in that bottom toolbar. It took me a while to find it too. Got it. Hey, oh dude, you got the Muscle Anarchy shirt on and everything. Oh, you got it. Hell yeah, welcome. Well, really cool. Okay. I, I think Jay may be joining, but before we kind of kick it off, first off, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Such a Thank great you. job. Thank you. Yeah, it was lots of, lots of fun. Lots of work, but lots of fun. Yeah, where are you uh, coming to us from? Uh, Toronto. Oh, I had no idea you were Canadian. Yeah. Man, he's Canadian. Uh, you just made Cammy really happy. No, we've we've met a lot of times actually. At, okay, uh, like you and I. Or yeah, like, we okay. we competed against one another at a okay. UFC fan fest in probably oh. two thousand. Oh my god! Twelve, I want to say eleven or twelve. I was wondering if that's when I was a single guy. That's and then Toronto. And then uh, yeah, we would bump into each other at regionals all the time. So oh. we've 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 met we've met a few times. With me? Awesome. And you were probably competing at regionals when he was. I yeah. was always yeah. competing at regionals. <laughs> um, all right. So. We're uh, hiding in the back somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to. Measure of work in one weekend. I'm going to text Jay just to see if he's jumping in on this. Yes, I'm eating cookies. Yeah, it's good. Let's oh, I had a When you're pregnant, you can do I'm pregnant. You so. Yeah, how are, you, how are you feeling? Um, Better this week. It's kind of the first week that I haven't been sick yet, so that's a huge win. So I get to eat cookie and feel fat and sorry for myself still, but... No, it's, you don't have to feel sorry for yourself. It's good. This is exciting. Yeah, it's just weird. Your body yeah. <laughs> at, a, at a rate that you have no control over. Yeah, no. No control at all. I can only imagine. All right, yeah. back to work. What's it like in Canada right now? Are you guys on lockdown too? Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's pretty like they're sending out like um like alerts over the TV and the and like text messages like like when a kid gets abducted. Yeah, like the Amber Alerts. Amber Alerts, yeah, they're sending them to everybody. Um and they're being, you know, super on top of it like don't leave your house. You know, don't do groceries unless you have to. So it's it's pretty tight. They're handing out like $1000 fines. Uh, oh, wow. like they're a friend of mine his mom went for like a walk or sorry, his mom's friends met up and went for a walk. These like five old Ukrainian ladies who go to church together, yep. $750 fine to each one of them. Whoa. They're kids. Yeah. I can't yeah. Cause like, yeah. you know, America, like here's the problem. Like Americans enjoy their freedoms, but yeah. unfortunately like right now, everyone needs to decide together to make the right decision. Yeah. So like, you know, we're, we're not going anywhere, especially with Cam being pregnant. Like, we really got to watch out for her. So we just stay in the house. But mm -hmm. we go out, like, on, like, a little walk sometimes, and I'll see people, like, congregating together. And I, part of me is terrified, and another part of me is, like, kind of disgusted. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You I know, like, they just, I don't know, they just don't get it. Like, we go for walks a lot with the dog and stuff just to, just to get out of the house. Yep. And, like, it's pretty good. Like, everybody, you know, if somebody's coming down the pathway, everybody kind of just separates. Yep. And, and does their part. But you still see like it's mostly here it's mostly kids yeah it's like like the, the millennials yeah like they just they're just not quite getting it and then 
eventually they're just going to lock everybody in their houses and say, no, you can't go anywhere. And if you do, we're going to have a really big problem. So. Yeah. And, and like with Canadians, like you guys listen pretty well, like, you know, like yeah. it, it, you get behind, that's the beautiful thing about being in the, like a little bit more of a socialist government is like, you're taken care of. So you just kind of listen, but Americans are like, they, you give them an inch and they'll take a mile. Yeah. And, and so like, I don't even know, like, I, we're getting the same Amber Alerts where it says if you're 65, stay in your house, but people are just not listening. No. And there are some bars here that, like, I, I, we have friends back in Denver, and there are some bars that are continuing to stay open because the fines are less than the money they're making by having a bar that's open. Holy shit, <laughs> so yeah. It doesn't sound like, who would do that? Um, I mean, that's wild. Yeah, but, they, uh, they kept all, like, the, the liquor stores here as an essential service so they're all staying open because they're like how many people are just are so dependent on it yeah. better off to just leave it as an essential service so they can just they can get their fixed so they don't have to deal with it oh my god yeah there's no like we in colorado would like marijuana is legal but not here in florida and I'm yeah. so, oh, we could really eat some marijuana <laughs> yeah they um, uh they closed down the uh dispensaries they they were an essential service up until later like to the end of this week that's pain management. <laughs> yeah, you can you can still order online. You can order from the government online still. Yep. But um, I wish I could order you can't uh, you can't go to the stores anymore. All right. So Jay got back to me. It's gonna just be us. So Nate's gonna cut this video up and kind of edit it in a really cool way. But right. let's start. Chris Bailey, what's up, man? How's it going? We got a special guest on our on our feed today. Chris Bailey coming to us live from Toronto. And he is our Thundercuts champion. It's a pretty cool title, right, Chris? Yeah, no, I'll I'll uh, I'll take champion of anything, really. But uh, yeah, no, it was it's uh, it's a really cool title. I was I was super pumped to see that I won. Um, yeah, really cool. You did great, dude. And like what Chris did was um, over the course of nine weeks, he followed our Thundercuts protocol which was um, a, a pretty challenging nutrition protocol, incrementally reducing calories down, and also simultaneously over the last nine weeks, increasing the output with more training frequency and longer training sessions. And dude, I mean, you're before and after picture. Well, I'll probably have Nate try to edit this in like right here on the side of the screen, but your before and after picture is sick. Like we, you know, we were looking at him like, is this the same guy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, he, the the after picture you got a six pack you got these like quad sweeps you can see muscle definition and the separation of some some of those muscles and like even just like your demeanor in the photo to me spoke to me because like in the before yeah. picture you're like I'm not happy with how my body is right now <laughs> and then yeah the oh, it was uh, I like to say uh, I was I felt like a bag of milk is what is yep. what I like to put the before picture I was just kind of coming off a bit of a back thing too so like I back plus holidays plus just all kinds of bad decisions i i think a lot of people have been there dude like i know yeah. i've been there myself where you know whatever time just kind of starts slipping by and for whatever reason it could be injury i know i went through surgery sometimes it's like lifestyle stuff losing a job going through a divorce or just some hard shit and yeah. You sometimes either just don't have the time or the bandwidth or you forget to like invest in yourself 
And then, you know, the more and more time that accrues, you don't even realize, just like, you know, sometimes I say, like, as you're improving your physique, you don't realize it because these changes happen so slow that you're like, no, it's okay. But, you know, the same way goes in the opposite direction where you really don't realize and all of a sudden you see somebody who didn't, you know, like, this is like my high school reunion. Like, you see somebody you haven't seen in a while and you're like, you did. (laughs) And, um, Like, I wanted to go over just like, um, first to, to talk about some of the ways that you found success in this and like uh, some of the strategies that got you to that really incredible transformation. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, like we give you a guide, like Thunder Cuts, the whole thing to me is like a GPS, like, hey, here's a roadmap, but it's on you to follow it and be able to find success with it. We just try to point you in the right direction. So let's start with like the nutrition stuff first. Like what did you change kind of from Chris before to Chris where you are right now? What were some of those things you changed in your diet and your lifestyle to, to get the transformation to happen? Um, well, I, I wouldn't say that my lifestyle was really, really bad before, but that being said, like coming off of being like a competitive CrossFit athlete for so long, and my training volume was through the absolute roof, as most of them are, I could pretty much get away with eating a ton of food and, and not really, you know, have to pay many consequences if I was making crappy decisions to, to get however many grams of carbohydrates I was eating that day. Um, so that kind of, you know, was a really hard thing for me to get out of my head. Like that's why that before picture looks the way it does because you just feel like you can still start consuming all this food. So for me, um, I started off with the 13 calories per pound. Um, and another thing was I didn't weigh myself, which was kind of not in the protocol. You should have weighed. I probably should have weighed myself. But have a benchmark. I, I, the reason I didn't is because I'm such a, I'm such a head case when it comes to that kind of thing. I didn't want to start stressing over the scale. Yeah. Um, I kind of just wanted to look on a week to week, week to week basis at what I looked like in the mirror and use that as my guide, um, which was pretty successful. But um, yeah, I always, I always like to make sure that I'm planning my meals. Like it says it in the book, it's like eat the same meals frequently. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I'm a pretty plain guy as it is. So I always like to make sure that I have a lean protein source always cooked. So I almost always have cooked chicken breast um, in the fridge and I always have rice in the rice maker ready to go. Um, so for me, it was really just planning, making sure I have all, all that stuff planned out. Um, another thing, I was eating a lot more fat on, on the Thundercuts than I was used to. So getting over that hurdle of being, you know, eating like 75 grams of fat a day or 80 grams of fat a day to like at the beginning point, I was like over 90. Um, that was hard too. But with planning, that's, that's pretty simple. If you have lean protein source and you're adding your fats to the meal with coconut oil or, you know, something that doesn't have any other macronutrient in it, it's pretty easy to get over. And that's pretty funny because like, well, there's so much in there. First off, like what you started off with is like, you can get away with a lot. And maybe, you know, when you're younger, like I was talking about back when I was 22, like I could go out drinking and do whatever and still perform on the baseball field and have a six pack. But yeah. then all of a sudden there was one day where that shit wasn't flying. Um, yeah. <laughs> like training, you're like, okay, I'm just going to out train this bad diet. And, yeah. and that worked to a point until it didn't. 
And right. then when I couldn't train anymore, when I got injured, that's when things really started to spin out and get out of control. Cause I was used to just pounding calories and I didn't really change much, but I was no longer expending those or creating those anabolic signals frequently throughout the day. So, you know, I think a combination of age and the way your lifestyle can kind of modify, you can quickly end up in a place where you're like, but I'm a fit person. Like, you know, how, how does this happen? Yeah. And it's funny what you said about like the fat, because I think that um, sometimes people do the same thing with nutrition with regard to like the diet they subscribe to, meaning any diet you you go to that's usually like, I call it an extreme diet, like the ketogenic diet, uh, the paleo diet, um, you know, the, the carnivore diet, if they kind of center around one thing, like I can meet, eat as much food as I want, as long as it's X, like I can eat as, as many fruits and vegetables and meat as I want, and I can have bacon and, you know, just pound avocado all day and it's fine. Yeah, because it's still paleo or yeah. I can eat as much meat as I want and it's fine. And people just want an excuse to binge and yeah learn as you go through diets is like you know everything has context and those things can be valuable in terms of scaling options like if you're gonna meet someone in the middle you can be like hey eat as much as you want as long as it's a vegetable but just like training needs to scale up so does a diet where quality and quantity really need to be dialed in together um and so like i think for a lot of crossfitters who do kind of eat obviously they like whole foods they eat natural stuff the bodybuilding diet is almost a little foreign to them because a bodybuilding diet doesn't have to be all real whole foods. It starts with more of a, um, you know, calories in equals calories out. And then the food quality probably comes on top of that. Mm -hmm. uh, those crossfitters are used to like eating tons of fat, like way too much fat. Um, and, uh, and, and like you said about like training, like a lot of them, I feel they end up actually overtraining, and the combination of the two usually either puts them in some kind of plateau with regard to the aesthetic where they just can't get below a certain level of body fat, um, or just the ability to grow. Like they, they don't have enough of an anabolic signal in their body because they're a little bit overworked all the time and cortisol gets really high. So I think those are some of the common things I see across CrossFitters. But I think you're a lot like me, Chris, because like I'm a creature of habit. Like I, I you know, I say in CrossFit, like routine is the enemy. Well, I think with regard to diet, routine is not the enemy. Routine is your friend. And 100%. you'll end up eating the same meal every day, almost to the point where you're like, I don't want to eat anything else because I don't know what that's going to do to me. Right. Um, and, right. Uh, and so like your preparation really becomes very important, especially when you identify the foods that, you know, identify the foods that you like that you can you know palate so you know for you it might be stuff like a lean protein like a, a chicken breast or a lean ground uh, turkey and maybe some vegetables and rice but you also have to eat the foods that like you you know the able to actually process very well because sometimes what you crave is not what your body wants you get always different types of food allergies and sensitivities yeah. You know, some people can crush like red meat like crazy and never have an issue. And some people eat a lot of red meat and their, their gut kind of blows up and they end up with like diarrhea or something. So, yeah. you know, it, it really is kind of a lot of self-observation. So obviously I like what I heard there about like the consistency and the preparation. How did you modify your caloric prescription as your body adapts? Because like, you know, just like when you're lifting, you know, like maybe you lift 315 pounds, you're like, that's pretty hard. But after you do it for a while, it ain't so hard anymore. So to continue right. to progress, you gotta push more. So how did you continue to push those calories throughout those nine weeks? So I was, I, I dropped down the calories um, probably a little later than I should have. Um, going back, if, if, I, if I could have made 
um, a change, I would have dropped him sooner. Cause like, even if like you look from my very first picture to my like midpoint picture to my end picture, I was like, shit, like I'm, I'm making some pretty good gains here at that same calorie rate. So I kept it. Um, and then I would take away uh, a calorie per pound. So I was down to 12 at the end. Yep. Um, I probably would have done that earlier. Um, along with, I would have started doing those A days and B days yep. um, a little bit earlier as well too, where I was like, man, I don't think I really need a B day yet. I would just keep A days and it yep. was fine. Um, but looking back, I think I could have even pushed it. I could have made it harder on myself, but in a good way, if I did like an A day, B day, B day, A day, yep. I did that a little sooner than I did. Well, that's good. Like, you know, ref reflection on that, because even the results you got were great. But like, you know, every time we do something, we're like, that was awesome. I already know how I can do it better next time, you know, because yeah. it becomes addictive. Like, I really feel like wearing your work on your body is something that for, for people out there that really that's a motivating factor is like looking in the mirror and being like, I love suffering because I'm seeing the results. Mm -hmm. That really becomes an addictive thing. And I know we talked in the beginning about like you, like getting on the scale and weighing yourself. What I do is like, when I'm doing a cut, what I do is I start with the end point. So I'm like, okay, I want to be 225 pounds and let's say 4% body fat. Well, then I reverse engineer that through the weeks of the cut where I can say, okay, if it's, this is a 16 week cut, at week 12, I need to be here. At week eight, I need to be here. At week six, I need to be here and so on and so forth. Right. And that will determine how I'm raising or lowering calories because there's no way you're going to go from like 10% body fat to 4% body fat in a week. And there's no way that you're going to be able to eat the low amount of food it takes to get to 4% body fat at week one. You need mm -hmm. to ramp up your, um, almost like your, your, not your resistance, but your tolerance to that those low calories so i consider it something like about every every seven days we you know i like to kind of bring the calories down a little bit just a little bit maybe it's adding an extra deficit day and then it's the same level of uncomfortability right because when you stick with the same the same prescription the whole time like you're going to be way more comfortable with it in week nine versus week one so oh, yeah. kind of yeah. continuing to push um, and that's also where like those measurements become valuable because you could be like, all right, I'm at the same body fat I was last week. I got to push calories down. Or another way to attack it is going through the expenditure process of instead of reducing fuel, increasing output. So like the whole time what we're doing now, and I know we, we kind of talked about it in the book and stuff, but um, those morning depletion workouts are now kind of ramping up where every week it's another five more minutes in those depletion workouts to the end where you're basically getting like two 60 minute workouts with 60 minutes of cardio or depletion and another 60 minutes of, um, of, of strength training. So let's switch gears a little bit and, and talk a little bit about the strength training. I don't know if you were kind of doing our Thunder Bro stuff before with like muscle anarchy, or this was something you were new to. How did the strength training go? And was this any kind of like adjustment to you kind of moving away from CrossFit to more of like a hypertrophy based program? Um, some of the movements were, were a little bit new, but I mean, I had done probably for six straight months, whenever it first started, I was doing Pump Town Express almost right out of the gate. Nice. Um, and then was on Muscle Anarchy for a little bit. And then um, uh, I'm a, I own an affiliate too. So I was trying to like, be like, okay, let me, let me make sure I'm doing classes as often as I can to, to, to you know, to 
So peace to the to the members. But um, I really feel you because like those members are going to do everything that you do. You know, they're yeah. going to emulate you. Yeah, yeah. So if they would always ask like, "What the hell are you doing back there?" Like, and you know, I would be doing uh, if if it was leg day, they would definitely know that I'm back there because they would hear some awful, awful sounds. Oh yeah. Um, uh, so it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was. A, it was a um, a massive change for hypertrophy. I did find that especially if I was doing legs I needed to especially after the first few weeks I noticed I either needed to pick uh because I wanted to make sure I was sticking with the tempos that were prescribed um and for my body like doing like heavy weight when it when it says heavy with that volume sometimes I I I would be not that it's all that bad but I would be really 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 sore going into after the next leg day oh yeah like so, so i'm like shit like i had to choose i'm like okay i gotta make a choice here am i gonna like try to push weight or am i going to push that volume so um and stick to those tempos so i i found that i was really able to get a lot of gains and a lot of really good work out of even dropping that weight down a little bit and just in hammering those tempos even if they were sometimes they were probably slower to be honest with you yeah. um and and I was able, I felt like I was really able to get a lot out of that as opposed to just thinking like CrossFit like more weight more weight more weight more weight it was the, I had to change my complete mindset away from that. Yeah, that's a hard p- thing for people to understand because I think we're we're so conditioned to try to get more intensity out of things by going heavier mm-hmm. or going faster that it's in a lot of times that can be almost antithetical to getting the hypertrophic muscle building effects because for most crossfitters you know their their biggest weakest link is just their physical body like crossfitters know how to use their body really good yeah. you know they're athletic they do these awesome patterns you you got little tiny guys that can deadlift a, you know a shit ton of weight so like neurologically they're very sound but it's their physical hardware that stands the most room to grow in terms of, you know, where their performance is going to go next. And in order to get that, it's repetitions. And it's not just like it's good repetitions, like time under tension repetitions, intentional movement repetitions that have nothing to do with how heavy it is. But it's about trying to get the muscle to failure, get it to a specific state, because if I were to say it's as heavy as possible, that's awesome. But that's enough, not enough time under tension to create like the micro tearing or the, the, the neuroendocrine responses from just heavy volume. And when I say heavy, people assume like 90% or 100%. Heavy in, in terms of volume usually means like 70 to 80%. That's heavy volume. Uh, if we're looking at rep ranges like 8 to 12 or, or even 8 to 20 in some cases, like the 20 rep back squat program is an amazing program that most people, if they were crossfitters that did it, they'd probably put on a shit ton of size yeah. just because they have so much time under tension. Yeah. And it's hard not to um, succumb to your ego too, right? Because like your buddies will be like, why only back squatting 135 pounds? You can back squat 400 pounds. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, if you tried it like this, you would realize how fucking hard this is. It's, it's those, like I remember the one of the most awful ones is, uh, is the mummy front squats yep. with the tempo and then the half reps. Like that is like, I would have like 155 on the bar and be dead. Like get me a wheelchair. Like that's the first movement. Get me a wheelchair. And I like, I can't even do the rest of it. Like I'd be so messed up. And a part of the, another big thing that I found too, that you hear people talking about a lot is like that, like mind muscle connection. Like I really needed to focus 
on the muscle group that I was hitting because CrossFit, I'm just thinking go fast. Whereas if I'm like, know that it's like supposed to be a specific muscle. Like sometimes if I was doing like um, the Bulgarian split squat leg death, I would like, if my quad, I couldn't feel it in it. Like sometimes I would like fucking jam a thumb into it. What I'm doing it to be like, you need to work right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's really valuable. And you know, I, I think like some things that you kind of alluded to in there, like going lighter, moving intentionally, really a lot of this stuff for me, it it was opened up to me through rehabilitation because I I couldn't go heavy, heavy anymore. Right. Like I couldn't really load my spine or do any kind of stupid heavy weight, but this was almost therapeutic and the effects to me were eye opening because I'm like, I like this training way better because I'm getting a way to work on my body and I'm happy and not hurt anymore. Um, And I can still be strong if I want to, but I get to live in this hypertrophy zone and then kind of visit the edges every once in a while. And the other thing I heard you say was like still doing CrossFit workouts and trying to blend it with functional fitness, which is, that's like the mission of Thunderbro. It's like blending performance and aesthetics because, you know, being in the bodybuilding world now, I can tell you like some of these bodybuilders, they have just insane, incredible physiques. It's like a circus, dude. I mean, it, you're, 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 you're like, is that a real human? And that's amazing, but there's not a lot of function in there, right? Like don't ask them to walk up a flight of stairs too long or run a mile or, you know, even do any kind of gymnastic stuff because they're really kind of like display models only at those very upper echelons. Um, even in some of the categories that are more athletic categories, such as classic physique and physique, a lot of these guys had, don't really have exposure to these athletic movement patterns that make training really fun, mm-hmm. you know? not just about being on a machine doing bicep curls yeah there's a time and a place for that but there's like this awesome middle ground where if you're out there and like you like crossfit and you like being fit and functional but you don't want to be hurt and your goal isn't to be the fittest athlete on earth or you know you don't have to feel bad about yourself because you don't have the biggest snatch in the in the gym anymore most people are there because they want to look good um you know i think the, the motivating factor for 99% of people that ever go into a gym. So as a gym owner, like why should we not be able to give that to them in the very best way while still giving them fitness? And like that's a great example of like, yeah, I do the muscle anarchy workouts and then I'll jump into a couple wads and you're still doing CrossFit, but you know, maybe we're just spending a little more time in the hypertrophy. And the other thing with hypertrophy is like, you can absolutely like what we do it with is like the same equipment you find in the gym, like a barbell and a dumbbell. We do a lot of the same movements, but just like a little bit differently to be able to challenge muscles and mechanisms. So, you know, you've probably done front squats before a ton with like a clean or, you know, just a a straight up front squat in the front rack. Mm -hmm. But as soon as we like change your stance and maybe give you some elevation in the heel and tell you to work some different ranges of motion, all of a sudden it becomes this completely different thing that's like challenging, but in a fun way, you know? The heels heels elevated. was was uh definitely like blasted my legs that in the three the three different stance romanian deadlifts that would destroy me every single time and like deadlift was my shit forever like i'm like what is whatever and then like you're holding on for you know with like 30 some odd reps whatever it was like three sets of 12 or something just changing your feet holding on and it's like well now i only have 185 on the bar and i am a cripple and it's crazy to me because like you know, CrossFitters who, um, you know, let's say they have big deadlifts or good squats or stuff. What I find is that a lot of them are, are kind of focusing on specific muscles to pick up the slack to be able to perform the movement. So mm-hmm. like 
heavy deadlifts, you'll always see people's hips like kind of pop up on heavy deadlifts and it really kicks like right into their lower back. So as many deadlifts as we do, just practicing stuff like those three position RDLs, which are working different aspects of the hamstring, kind of like my hamstrings have a lot of room to grow. And yeah. so my lower back to kind of compensate by kicking into that, by going a little too heavy too quickly. So that's where the technique becomes comfortable. The same thing with like, take pull-ups for instance, like crossers can do like 50 unbroken pull-ups in a row. That's not a weird thing for yeah. a crosser be able to do but somehow you don't see the really wide v shape on crossfitters like you don't see that that big taper from shoulder to hip because when doing these pull-ups a lot of times they're just using like their brachioradialis and they're never actually getting into their lat so by doing say something strict like a wide grip strict pull-up all of a sudden now you're like i can't do 50 pull-ups anymore not that the kipping pull-ups are bad, but it's like you got to spend more time working the other pieces too, because mm -hmm. if you're only working the ones for athletic performance, you're going to miss out on some really great biological adaptations that have great application to the things we do outside the gym, you know? So like, even those little changes, like it was eye-opening to me, just changing grip, changing stances, working different ranges of motion, throwing in tempos, throwing in isometrics different uh, things like drop sets. I mean, how bad are drop sets? Yeah, terrible, terrible. They're terrible, and, yeah. uh, and they're fun. And I also think in some aspects, it takes pressure off you as an athlete, because like I said, like your name's not gonna go on a board with a ranking. Like you don't yeah. have to feel bad if you didn't get a PR. Like some days you might go in the gym and some days you might like smash your bench press and get a whatever, a 400 pound bench press. And some days you'll be so pre-fatigued from the other chest stuff we did that like 200 pounds is pinning you down, you know? Yeah, no um, kidding. Yeah. That doesn't matter. Um, awesome. All right, cool, Chris. So um, we had a lot of fun with you on our group. So just like you guys out there that don't know, like the Thundercuts group, what these guys got is they got our, our, our book, which is our guide for the nutrition, the, the nutrient timing and the prescriptions. And they also got a pre-written training plan. But the funnest part of this group to me was the feed. Because on the feed, like you guys, like everyone was super active. They're posting their check-in photos. They get to kind of talk to each other. And one of the things I really liked uh, about our group specifically was the community of like you guys – um, you know, not just talking to me and using us as resources, but I saw a lot of you kind of getting back and forth together where it almost started to feel like a community. So can you tell me, like, I know you were on that feed a, a little bit, Chris, did you enjoy that aspect of the, of the, of the group at all? Like just having that support system? Yeah, it's, it was, it's really good. Cause like everybody, even though it was like, it was, it was a competition, but like nobody was really in there to you know, like, like it wasn't like a, a bad blood competition. It was like, you, you could write anything in there. And like, everybody was going through the exact same shit that you were going through, regardless of what stage of body comp you already were going through at the beginning. Um, like I remember posting in there a few, like almost every leg day, I'd be like, just a, uh, just a guy, heads up guys, uh, leg day still sucks ass. So <laughs> yeah. if you, if you get in there the, on day on week six, it still sucks. So just, just, a, just a heads up. And everybody would be like, yeah, like week six. Like, where people ask us, be like, you only train legs once a week? And I'm like, yeah. Yes. You don't want to train it more than once no, a week. No, like, yeah. And that was, that was actually kind of like a, a, a thing that I'm surprised I didn't like ever really notice come up in the group. Cause like, I was wondering the same thing too. I'm like, man, like we only, we only train legs once a week. And I guess that's just another CrossFit thing. I'm used to, there's so many movements with legs, but like you're, yeah really doing a lot of legs and like you know sometimes you'll get 
you know, some secondary stuff in, in, you know, if you do deadlifts on back day or something, you're still hitting a little bit of legs, but not, not, uh, not a ton, but yeah, you're right. You don't need to do, thank God you're not doing that more than once. Yeah. I mean, I kind of think of leg day as like leg day is, is you're getting hit by a car and then the rest car. you're just trying to recover for the next week. So even if it's like something regenerative, like depletion workouts with air squats or some swings, the point isn't to break the muscle down more. The point yeah. is, try to bring fresh blood into it and get those things going. And, you know, I think that's another reason why we talk about things like overtraining and, and the ability to grow, like recovery is such a big piece of that. So if you're training these large muscle groups every single day, they're never healing, which means they don't have the ability to remodel thicker. So one of the things I noticed about you in your before and after picture was your quads got way bigger. Like in your after picture, you had a big quad sweep. I could see the separation of the, v, uh, the VMO and the vastus lateralis. Like it was really cool. And I think people would be surprised that I guess in this case, less can be a lot more. It's just like, we're so addicted to just smashing ourselves sometimes. It's hard to let go of that. Yeah. And an, an, another thing that I did too, noticing like how bad leg day can really smash you. Um, with the depletion workouts every morning, I would like to, um, I would do uh, near the end because I, I live in a condo. So we have a condo gym. So it was nice that I could like, you know, I started just doing super inclined treadmill after a little while. Yeah. But if I was really hammered on leg day or, or after like in the, that, that day that I would train legs, my depletion workout would always have, I would do some hamstring curls, some leg extensions, um, lunges, squats, still walk on the treadmill for a little bit. Um, just knowing that there'll be, I've always felt like they were a little bit more primed, even though our legs were hours later. And then the next day, I would make sure I, in that next morning, I did something else with legs in my depletion workout as well too, just to get blood flow pumping to those legs. And I found they recovered quite a bit quicker um, if I was doing that every day as well. Yeah, I mean, the things that really create muscle damage are just the, the muscle tension and the time under tension. So, you know, the loading and the amount of repetitions and the tempos that you're using, that will create a lot of micro tearing in muscles. But things that are almost like more metabolic, like pumping work, pumping blood is giving you recovery. So like a lot of these depletion workouts, they're serving two purposes. One is you're mobilizing glycogen and starting to kind of tap into adipose tissue to, to burn more fat. But the second thing they're doing is they're bringing flesh, fresh blood into that tissue to help it heal. So like the same workouts we use for regen are also depletion workouts. And it's, it's the same thing. It's just, it's just lightweight, high rep stuff just to push blood into muscle. There's a lot of healing factors in there. Um, and I think people sometimes try to categorize it as one thing or the other, but it, it does have a lot of benefits. And I know like we're heading into now, we're going into, we had, a, uh, we took the Thunderbro Thundercuts program and we made it a 30 day program and called it the 30 day shred. And we did the same thing. We were a little more aggressive with the nutrition protocol because it's only four weeks. So these people really push the calories down, but we also gave them you know, a continuum of options with depletion workouts that, that keep ramping up. And as we build up these depletion workouts, it's actually giving us a great inventory for regenerative work that our athletes can use, whether they're trying to cut or not, they, they can do it. If they did smash their legs, they can do like these regen workouts um, in the, in the depletion category as part of recovery. I know it's like a CrossFitter and it's people who like love working out. It's a way to like get some extra work in, but yeah. not like breaking yourself down more. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still doing them. We've been done for how many weeks now, and I still get up in the morning and do, and do one every morning. Even though, even on, you know, on lockdown in here, like I went to the gym and 
brought the C2 bike home with me. So oh, nice. I you know, get up in the morning and put, I call my sweatsuit, a couple of hoodies and a pair of sweatpants and I hammer it out, put on a podcast, 30, 35 minutes on there. Maybe get like a little pump, like where you can, good chance to work on uh, pump some blood to like, uh, um, like some areas where you maybe have like a bit of a weakness in, like if you're, you know, I got shitty triceps, always have, always will. So I'll be like, oh, I'm going to bang a few more tricep reps today. See, yeah. see if I can, see if I can get some growth. Like attack a weakness. And like, uh, I'm going to jump in this next, this next 30 day shred that we're doing in April. I'm going to jump in that one. But one of the things that I really like about those morning depletion workouts, which are, you know, it's basically fasted cardio. Like you're coming off of sleep. You're not really eating anything. You slam some branch chain amino acids in a thermogenic pill and you just breathe or move for like 20, 30, 40 minutes is uh, even though, you know, you, you don't have a ton of food in your gut, um, it energizes you just to get up and move. It makes you feel good. I, I find it helps me focus, you know, do a little routine where you hit a depletion workout, do some stretching and you've got mental clarity. It's like brushing your teeth. Like you get up, you do your calisthenics and then you attack the day. And, yeah. uh, and it also gives you something like a process to be consistent with, especially now where I pe- like some people have no schedule. Right. So like, when am I getting up? I don't know. When am I yeah. going to, whenever I fall asleep watching Netflix, you know, and, um, and, and having a reason uh, and, and a focus in that schedule, I think is like going to be a really valuable thing. I know that I like structure. Like I said, like, you know, being a baseball player, we're very superstitious, like we're creatures of habit. So yeah. I like routine, the same routine every day. Don't change the meal. Don't change the schedule. Um, yeah. And in that consistency, you can find a lot of comfort and, and then, you know, eventually you don't have to do it anymore, but you can become like addicted to it where like you're getting up and doing the depletion workout, even though no one told you to, it's just. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I like doing it. I feel like, in, like you got to get up a little bit earlier in the morning, but I like, I have found that, um, you know, when two o'clock hits at work, I'm not, you know, doing this like in the truck anymore, driving like, Oh shit. Like we're going down here. I have a little bit more energy throughout the day. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 and it's a lot nicer to get up and do a, a morning session when it's not a CrossFit morning session, when it's like, oh, you can just, it's just moving. It's not like worrying about going and killing yourself in the morning. Well, as a gym owner, you know, one of the things that I find hard just being a business owner back when I was in gyms was like making time for myself to work out. Mm-hmm. You know? I get to the afternoon and be like, I got to work out. And then I'd be so tired to be like, ah, I'll just take a rest day today or whatever. And yeah. getting it out of the way, like it makes you feel good. Like at least I got something in today, like at right. least some, some activity in. So let's switch gears a little bit. And, um, you know, when I do these cuts, like it, it gets harder and harder as you go through it. Right. Like, especially at the end, you really end up trying to push the body fat down hard and you're depriving yourself of foods that you want. I know that I, like really crave things like carbs after shows. Like it's my hands start shaking just thinking about carbohydrates. Oh, yeah. uh, did you, when you were done, did you give yourself a cheat meal? Did you go out and blow it out somewhere? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a reputation with, uh, with a lot of my buddies as being the, like the guy who, especially in our, uh, in our boozing days, you can really, really put it back okay. um, food wise. Um, so a friend of mine uh, who I also, own the gym with he uh he also owns a bakery um that's right across the street from the gym so i always do saturday if i'm gonna have a cheat day it's always saturday um so i would go across there i'd usually start off by doing like a morning class like we always have a partner workout would leave there right across the street to the bakery baker's dozen cookies 
down the hatch, go home, recover from that large pizza to the face. Yep. Uh, you know, might grab, you know, a, um, some ice cream. Doesn't even, at this point, I wouldn't even care really what the hell it is. Fire that in the gullet. And then if I got anything left, I might smash a little candy before we go to bed. Oh, and then wake up the next morning. And actually, after all that cutting, I woke up the next morning thinking I would feel and look like absolute garbage, and I didn't. <laughs> I felt great. And it's like my body just, was just absorbed it all. You're not going to punish yourself for nine weeks and lose it in one day. Yeah, no. And that's what I've learned, like, in doing these shows. Like, I'll do, like, a 16-week cut, and it's really bad at the end. And, you know, it, the hunger signals are crossed up, meaning that, like, when you're eating and you're allowed to eat as much as you want, your brain doesn't tell you to stop. Mm -hmm. Keep going, right? You're like, what's more? Or like, and, and this can last like, you know, it can last up to two weeks. What I learned after the first couple shows is like, do it, but just limit it to like two days. Like, just do yeah. two days of yeah. unleashing hell. So like, you know, stacks and stacks of chocolate chip pancakes and all the cheesecake and all this stuff. And after the last show that I did, I did that for, for like two days. And then I decided I was gonna do another show two weeks later. And there was no, like, I didn't gain any body fat by binging yeah. for days. In fact, I actually grew a lot. I got a lot, you know, I, my the glycogen helped fill the muscles up and I looked a lot better and ended up winning, you know, uh, two categories in the next show because, like, you, sometimes when you deprive so much, you can get flat. Like, your muscles can get flat because they're not holding yeah. up glycogen. So, like, for people who do this, I tell them, like, hey, 80% compliance still gives you 80% of the benefits. If during this process you blew it out one night and you had a cheat meal, it's okay. Like your aesthetic is not going to change. It can actually improve in some cases, although I don't recommend it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's not all or none. It's really a game of consistency and habits over time. Um, and, and now moving out of that, the same thing we tell athletes who are coming off of Thundercuts who are reverse dieting or coming off of a uh, 30 day shred and reverse dieting is, you know, don't, don't go off the wagon when you're done with this. The, the best way to do this for you hormonally so you don't like completely start crossing up your metabolics and you know end up with insulin insensitivity or something like that is to reverse diet the same way you built up you just go in reverse so it's go back to your prescription from the week before and the week before and you kind of go back and that aesthetic not only does it like last way longer but it's a much healthier way to come off of deprivate deprivation off of that and these are also great periods to grow because your cells want the nutrients. So this is where you can do things like, even like back-end carb loading, where at the end of the night, you eat all your carbohydrates like right after a, a lifting session. You can yeah. put on a lot of quality size because your cells are hungry to grow. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's some interesting stuff. We're gonna try to provide people more resources on the reverse dieting, but I think a general rule is don't, just don't eat like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah don't, be, don't be a dummy. Uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty simple. Um, another thing that I kind of like, I don't know if it really made uh, a ton of sense or not, but uh, as far as like for the nutrient timing, um, when I would do A days and B days, if I did an A day, B day, B day, A day, um, I always liked my A days, even if they weren't always like one day and A, two Bs and an A or whatever it may be. And that's assuming, uh, are the A days the refeeds or the A days the deficits? Uh, a would be refeed day. B okay. day would be deficit. So if I was doing a refeed day, um, I always like to put it on leg day and back day. Yep. Just because I always felt like those are a huge group of muscles. Yes. So I'm working the hardest to work those big muscles. So it's like if I, if I am going to refeed that day or if I am going to maybe go over a little bit, maybe if I was, you know, feel really tired or something, I would 
do it on one of those bigger muscle group days. And I, I didn't feel always as bad if that, if that yeah. happened. I mean, you are expending so many calories back squatting with heavy volume. You don't yeah. even realize it. Like I yeah. that, it, it's just so tremendously fatiguing that your body is just hungry. And that's another thing that, you know, people who are not familiar with this program is this whole idea of, of balancing signals in the body, like balancing catabolic signals where you're mobilizing fat and trying to tap into the adipose tissue by depriving yourself and then trying to balance it with anabolic signals to preserve muscle mass or even grow a little bit by feeding around the heavy training. This is something that requires like a lot of fine tuning. So even things like, Hey, I know on my heaviest days, I'm going to refeed a little bit more around those so I can preserve or build that muscle mass. And on the days where, you know, maybe we're doing smaller muscle groups, maybe I'm more of a deficit and I'm just trying to push the cardio to get into the adipose tissue. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is like a, a, you're walking a tight line. What you don't want to do is just go all in where you're like, I'm just going to starve myself because yeah, yeah. You know, all this muscle mass, like all that work you did to build yourself up, you're just kind of like throwing it all away. And yeah. I know that my favorite part of bodybuilding is building the muscle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's why it's awesome. It's not called body shrinking. It's yeah. called bodybuilding. So if you're cutting, there are ways to kind of limit the muscle loss or even, you know, preserve it. And this is everything from how you time your nutrition around the anabolic signals like heavy lifting and how you kind of create that deficit around things that are more glycolytic or aerobic like conditioning or what we're calling the depletion workouts. Um, Awesome, Chris. Well, dude, it was, it was so fun talking with you. I know our viewers kind of love this insight into the program and for those you haven't seen uh chris check out on our instagram at thunderbro and at day freaking lips and we're putting up his before and after pictures and he's our our first prize winner for our nine week thundercut um chris you, you have a gym in toronto what's the name of the gym crossfit select nice our, oh, i've heard of crossfit select before yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Regionals? yeah, cool. yeah. I'm, I'm really proud of you and i think you're you're setting a cool example for the people at crossfit select really being an ambassador for this new ground of like, hey, it's okay to pursue aesthetics and you can still do CrossFit and be functional. It's like not one or the other. And that's the dichotomy that we're always working so hard on breaking is expanding people's minds a little bit that there's more than one way to train and the right way is the way that gets you your goals, you know? So so thanks for being an awesome ambassador. Thanks for taking the time. Congratulations on a great job. And let us know if there's anything we can do to help you out in the future. If you want to jump into a challenge or you want to collaborate on anything, just reach out to me or Jason and we'll make sure we hook you up. We love staying in touch with you guys. And um, I don't know if you're still in the Muscle Anarchy group, but if you are, get on the board. Man. I, want, I want updates. I want to hear from you. Maybe this next cycle for you might be a gaining cycle. Who knows? You know, once the yeah. building back up and – I even right now, like I'm just working out with my dumbbells. We took dumb, uh, muscle anarchy and just adapted it to dumbbells with a couple sets of bands and yeah. I'm still crushing, you know, crushing myself every day. With yeah, I just, I just did anarchy chest day, dumbbell anarchy, just half an hour before we got on here. Oh, and nice. It, yeah. It, all I have is 25 pound kettlebells in here and, yep. and a bunch of bands. Are and you? All I do is, like you can just hook them up and just, just do it till it hurts <laughs> yeah, exactly. so you, are you isolating by yourself or you have somebody with you no my uh my girlfriend's with me and we i live with my in-laws so they're like they're downstairs and we have like we have a setup up in here okay perfect so here's what you do i was doing this with cammy on our live feed today if you only have one set of dumbbells do the reps but have your your fiance uh, your girlfriend i don't know if you guys are fiance yet blowing up your spot um <laughs> <laughs> have your girlfriend put over pressure on the dumbbells so she yeah yeah, yeah. 
So you're getting weighted resistance on top of manual resistance. That's yeah, really that's a good fun. idea. Especially for things like we did today with like those 10 second negatives. Oh, the pressure on those negatives are is absolutely insane. It's great. Yeah, that was one of the hardest things you'll do. So uh, yeah, I mean, we we want to help people out, continue to train while they're at home, and trying to come up with the best ways to help people adapt. But even these little tricks and stuff, I mean, this is things that I'll do with my trainer, but there's no reason why you can't do it with your roommate, your girlfriend or something. Yeah, no, totally. And then you guys can just mess people up with a set of 25 pound dumbbells. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I was like, yeah, so you can get a serious pump from just set of 25 pound and the, the yeah. bands, like you can just adapt stuff with just one band. Like so yeah. awesome. Like people that were freaking out, I was like, listen, go online. If you could just buy one set of bands, yep. like, I promise you, you can destroy yourself with, yeah. with one full set of bands. Like you'll, so, I mean, you're not going to lose much. I did like, I was trying to, and this is a good, it's like a math test for people out there. I was telling them if they have three sets of dumbbells, like let's say you have like a light, a medium and a heavy set, maybe like 35s, 50s and 70s. Mm -hmm. And if you have three different tensions of bands, like a heavy, medium and light band, you have 30 different combinations of dumbbell sets. Yeah. You know, it's, it's insane. So like you have a basically a full set if you add the band resistance and a lot of like the heavy band gives you an extra hundred some odd pounds of resistance as you're doing them. So, you know, it, there's there's definitely a way to do it right now it takes some creativity i mean a little bit of equipment and some ingenuity but it, like i said just like with nutrition like it's not all or none like you're still going to be able to reap a lot of the benefits as long as you keep going and and find ways to, to challenge yourself chris thanks for coming on dude it was a pleasure talking with you stay in touch with us and yeah, for sure um, well done awesome thank you very much i'll catch you later dude see ya bye, -bye. all right nice work man that was awesome Thanks, man. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, it was cool. It was good talking to you. It was really nice to catch up, too. I love I love getting to talk to some of the people that follow our stuff and uh, just kind of, you know, get to know who they are and what their needs are and the situations there. I think we have a lot of gym owners in this program. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting to me. I, I think a part of that is a curiosity to explore this stuff and maybe how it integrates with CrossFit down the line. Mm -hmm. um, but you guys are like the, uh, you know, the, the original class, you know, the first class. Yeah. So. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, but I thought we're thinking about, like, me, I'm going to try to adapt some more of this into, into class stuff. Um, Jason, Jason has a track called Affiliate Anarchy, and it's like okay. a truncated version of Muscle Anarchy uh, distilled down to, like, a 60-minute class, but it's got timelines. So you don't do as many exercises or as many sets, and I think it's, it's basically, like, 40 minutes of hypertrophy and 20 minutes of conditioning. Right. Um, but it's, it's just like, you know, for, for people who are doing this, who are like, I want to do this with my, my affiliate, it gives them an option to, you know, cause it takes a while to get all the training in. Right. I mean, but for me yeah. to do a full yeah. 70 to 90 minutes and that's yeah. what I'm listening. So, yeah. um, so it does take a while, but you know, and, and also like equipment can sometimes be a thing, especially with like weird hookups. Like if we're doing like a futures method thing, that's yeah. challenging. So yeah. He does a really good job in kind of, I don't want to say dumbing it down, but simplifying it um, so that you could like run something like this in a class. If you're interested, send him an email. I'll have him hook you up. Um, yeah. yeah, we love, we love getting that stuff out there. All right, man, have a good one. Stay safe. I will. Thank you. You too. You yeah, too. Let us know if there's any way we can help you, Chris. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. I will for sure. Thank you very much. Yeah, later. See you, man. Thanks again for checking out the Thunder Bro Thundercast podcast. We appreciate you listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our show on any platform and please leave us a review in iTunes. 
Of course, if you have any questions that you want to hear Dave or the Thunderbro crew answer, please shoot us an email, thunderbro at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at Thunderbro. Thanks again. Get huge.